0: Inside Books with Breda Brown.
1: Welcome to Inside Books, a program about the magical world of writing. I'm Breda Brown, and in each episode of Inside Books, we chat to people associated with the world of books, including well-known authors, publishers, editors, agents, critics, booksellers, and more. You'll find Inside Books on all audio platforms, and our Twitter handle is at Inside Books I where you'll also find lots of other interesting books news. My guest today is Mick Herron, the award-winning author of the Slough House series and he's also written poetry, short fiction and a number of standalones. He's won the Crime Writers Association Gold Dagger for Best Crime, the Ian Fleming Steel Dagger Award and the Thiekson's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year. The Slough House series has also been adapted into a TV series starring Oscar-winning actor Gary Oldman as the central character Jackson Lamb. Mick, you studied English literature so I'm just wondering were you always attracted to reading and writing from a young age?
0: Oh always yes I've I've never really done anything else when I think about it. Um, I learned to read very young because my mother was a uh, an infant school teacher and for as long as I can remember stories of where I've where I've gone. And I suppose part of me never moved out once I moved in as a as a small child.
1: So, did you have a, an active imagination then as a child?
0: Um, very much so, yes. But I've been thinking about this lately. I I think my imagination has kind of gone away, sort oh, of. In what way? I, I spend. I used to have a very active sort of imaginative imaginative life, fantasy life, when I was younger. I don't now. I think all my creative energies go into the craft. I mean now writing takes up everything all my energies are directed towards um, towards the writing.
1: But you have created this world you know the, the Slough House series world and the other worlds so therefore that needs imagination.
0: To an extent but I draw so much on reality for doing that I mean I'm writing against uh, the contemporary backdrop of, of life in uh, in Britain right now. Um, I, I, I don't have to make very much up really I mean I, I find that I just draw from what I see around me um,
1: Interesting. And when oh. you started writing, then do you feel that you were using your imagination more than when you started?
0: Yes, I was. You know, as a, as a youngster, I was writing wilder stories, and you know, my imagination seemed to roam all over the place. And it it doesn't now. I think it's trammelled. I, I, it's all geared towards um, producing the work now. I think.
1: Does that worry you? Not
0: really, no. Because what matters to me is the the creativity, which is still you know going strong. It's the the crafting of sentences and the writing of paragraphs, which is what I. Uh, what I do, what I focus on, when I'm when I'm actually working, um, and that's that's what matters, and that's what uh, that's is, at the heart of my, my sort of working life now.
1: Yeah. Is important. Does that come from the fact that you spent so long as a sub editor of a legal journal? So therefore, you are crafting and you are editing all the time.
0: That certainly helped. I mean, it was a great discipline to have. I think any uh, any prose writer, I think, there are two two things that um, that have really helped in my. Uh, to finding my voice and the um, uh, and my writing style, and that was one writing verse when I was much younger. I don't do it now, but I did as a as a student, and uh, being a sub editor because both of them involve cutting away what's unnecessary. Um, poetry writing poetry teaches you the the weight of words you know the syllabic weight and the metrical weight and rhythm is a very important thing uh, in in prose as much as it is in in writing verse so um that that mattered a lot and the uh the sub-editing i mean what the job boiled down to was i'd be given a page and a half of text and told to turn it into a page of text without losing any of the information uh, and that's that's a very handy thing to be able to do
1: so when you're writing your books now then I mean, how many drafts are you going through? Are you crafting it so well that you only need one or two, or does it require more?
0: It's very difficult to put a number on the on the uh, number of drafts I write because I rewrite all the time as I go along. I'll get a little way into a book and then I'll stop and go back to the beginning and and work my way through it again. So um, there's by the time I've finished, by the time I have a complete draft, then that's that's more or less it. It doesn't require a great deal of work on my. Before I consider I'm finished at that stage, uh, but you know the the opening pages, the middle of it will have been rewritten a lot by then. But for me, rewriting is largely a matter of taking stuff out. I mean, I I write long and then I cut and cut and cut. So every time I um, I revisit a, a chapter. Essentially, what it's doing is it's getting shorter. And that's, um, that's my writing process.
1: I'd say your editor and your publisher love that. Very little work they have to do then. <laughs>
0: I get quite clean copy back from, uh, from editors, yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. That's, that's quite, quite pleasing. So going back then, you were working and you were writing, though, at the same time. So you were always tinkering away. So when did the first, I suppose, the first book happen?
0: uh it would have been in the 90s um that i wrote down cemetery road um and that was not the first book i i finished but it was the first one that f- i felt was any any good at all um i had an agent then and uh, even at that stage it took a while before the book found a, a home and when it did um well i between signing a contract for it and it actually appearing in, in print was about 2 years so uh, a long long process there mm. um but I remember those two years as being rather happy ones for me. I'd, I'd, the book had been accepted, and it felt like I'd, in between finishing that and and um, getting the contract signed, I'd started other things but never finished anything. I wasn't really sure what I was doing. But then, once Down Cemetery Road was accepted, it was like, oh now, now I see what I'm supposed to be doing. And since then, I've been able to finish everything I've started, uh, which has been a you know a relief.
1: And you've always said as well that the writing is for a sense of personal fulfilment, not necessarily to to make money.
0: Oh, absolutely! If i have been doing it to to make money or for you know uh, fame and, and fortune or any of those things, I'd have given up a long, long ago. Probably before the first book was even published. Um, that's the advice I always give on the the rare occasions when I do any kind of workshop type of work. Is that you know one should never look for anything other than that kind of personal fulfillment because the chances of getting more than that um from from writing is quite small really you need to be very lucky um and if you don't have that if you don't have that fulfillment i think it shows i think if mm. you're writing a book simply to um fulfill to, to fill what you see as a gap in the market or an opportunity um then i i suspect it shows in the and a completed work.
1: It's nearly that you want to do it because you need to do it.
0: Yes, I think need is a very important part of writing.
1: Mm, interesting. Down Cemetery Road then, that was the start of, of, of the Zoe Bohem thrillers as such. So there was four of those. Did you, did you start it as a series or did that just happen? Uh,
0: well, a, it just happened, and B, it wasn't really about Zoe to start with anyway. Zoe's quite a minor character in um, uh, Down Cemetery Road. I mean, she's an important character, but she doesn't really turn up, apart from a brief appearance early-ish in the book, until nearly at the end. Um, and when I came to write the second book, which I knew was going to be about a, a private detective uh, of some sort, I was actually quite away into the planning before it occurred to me that I'd already invented one in the first book and I could use her again. So it became a series quite by accident. But it's the two-hander, really. I mean, there's um, that's Zoe who is the uh, uh the detective character but there's also um sarah tucker who's who's not a detective of any sort but she is the person to whom events happen in down cemetery road and she recurs in those books as well um and there are some short stories also which uh, featuring uh zoe which appear in uh the recently published dolphin junction they were written quite a while ago now when i came to write slow horses that was going to be a uh, my second series also wasn't intended to be a series it was going to be a standalone novel and i was going to return to um to zoe afterwards but that never happened i got caught up in in that world um, so I feel like I've never really said goodbye to Zoe, so maybe I will one
1: day. Okay, because it's interesting, as I said, she did pop up in Dolphin Junction, your your book of short stories there mm. uh, last year, and it was great to obviously see her again. So will she maybe, could she pop up in, in the Slough House series at some point?
0: I think those are two different worlds. I mm. don't think they would it would work to bring those two worlds together, but um, there may be a, a, a story again with her at some point.
1: So tell us then, um, obviously the idea for the Slough House series is just, you know, fantastical, I suppose, is one way of putting it. I mean, how would you describe it?
0: Um, I... That's a tricky one. I've never really tried to encapsulate it. I mean, I'm writing about a particular aspect of um, of these characters' lives. I mean, I'm writing about failures and incompetence, perhaps. Although many of them are unfairly deemed incompetent. Um, about thwarted lives, about disappointed lives. I mean, I put what I hope is a lot of humour into the books, uh, but without that, I think they would really be quite bleak. These um, are <laughs> books about unhappy people being unfulfilled. Um, and maybe that was coming out of where I was at the time I started writing them. I wasn't unhappy, but I, I was not a successful writer. I was being published, I was perfectly okay with that. But uh, I had a very small, infinitesimally small readership, you know. Um, so, I mean, arguably, you could say there's a kind of parallel between these people who were dreaming of being you know the best at what they do and ending up sitting behind a desk doing unfulfilling jobs uh, and and me it was you know i was publishing novels at the time but i had a day job that i that i needed in order to uh, it was the only thing that was bringing money in um and you know not not having the life of a, a successful author so arguably there is that parallel there and i didn't feel frustrated or, or unfulfilled in the way that my characters, characters do, do but um yeah it wasn't intentional but looking back at it i can't see that parallel
1: and then interestingly i mean they weren't a huge success initially what happened there
0: um they they weren't um i mean part of me thinks that it was probably just the the wrong time Time. you know the uh, um i suppose they, they seem to me now to be perfectly mainstream kind of books and fit quite neatly onto onto bookshelves um Back then maybe they were a bit unusual. I mean I was writing these books about people who were you know, who were technically spies but weren't doing anything particularly Any exciting in <laughs> yeah. spying. Um, largely because I don't know anything about the world of, of spying and inventing sort of high tech Escapades and and you know high tech thrillers that sort of thing was beyond me. I, I couldn't do it then. I can't do it now. Um, so I was writing about the kind of world that I knew about, which is working in an office and trying to apply it to um, to the thriller genre. So I suppose that is a, a little bit unusual, or maybe felt it at the time. As I say, it feels I feel quite comfortable with it now. Um, so the books didn't sell. Um, I parted ways with uh, my publisher Constable after Slow Horses came out. Uh, so the next couple of books were. Initially, only published in the in the states. I have a very good publisher over there, Soho Press. And then um, John Murray came onto the scene and, and took up the books and championed them, and uh, they turned them into a success over here in the, in the UK. Oh, there in the UK, I shouldn't say. Um, and uh, yeah, I've I've been an happily writing away ever since. <laughs> an
1: overnight success after seven years, isn't that
0: it? It was. Slow horses went into n- number one in the uh, in the Saturday Times charts, not the sun- Sunday Times. Uh, seven years after its publication, yes. So that was that was quite unusual, I think.
1: And you were still working full time.
0: Uh, I was working full time up until um, let me see. I was halfway through writing London Rules, well, I think, when I gave up the day job. Yeah. Um, so um, that was the f- fifth book in the series.
1: And what um. prompted that?
0: Uh, quite simply i was i was offered a, a contract that would enable me to eat <laughs> and, <laughs> and write and without having to go into work so that was what uh, what triggered it yeah
1: so the series now it's been it was on tv this year so came out d- earlier this year yeah, yeah how did that feel to watch it on screen
0: um it's kind of strange i mean i feel very separate from it in many ways i i feel as much of a viewer as anybody else when that's um, when watching it uh, i've visited the set a number of times i was in the writers room i mean i've been involved in uh, uh, in the process i haven't done any of the writing myself because i'm not a screenwriter it's not something i've ever tried to do and i'm too happy writing the novel to to want to Learn how to do something else right now, um, but I loved it. I thought it was great because the cast were so fantastic. Mm. I mean, when you've got Gary Oldman and Christian Scott Thomas and Saskia Reeves and people of that uh, caliber playing the characters, you can't really go wrong. And the writers are, are wonderful, and the producers—they said right from the start, the very first meeting I had with them, which was just over eight years before it eventually appeared on screen. It um, took that long. It, it, it took that long, which was not unusual. I, I don't believe and um, they, they said right from the start what we want to do is put these books onto the tv we don't want to just kind of take the title and the the vague you know sort of subject matter and, and do our version of it they want to put the books on screen and um and they stuck to their word because they tonally um it, it matches what i write you know they've gone for that mixture of um uh, the, the color of it is all quite bleak and um, but the, uh, the the dialogue remains quite sparky and um and they've just you know managed to take from the page and, uh, and and make pictures out of it without uh, without changing it very much.
1: And how many episodes were in that for a series? Uh,
0: six episodes. They're doing six episodes per book.
1: Okay. Well, so there's a lot more to come by. Like.
0: Uh, Deadlines, the second one, streams on December the 2nd, and they're currently filming back-to-back books three and four in the series, Real Tigers and Spook Street.
1: Wow, that's great. Mm really is like again to see your character come to life and be on screen and know that 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 it's going to continue you know and and i suppose you're talking about characters another thing you've said quite a lot is that characters are first and the plot is second
0: always yes i think without the characters there the the, um the plots don't matter very much really i think in the end do you think I think so, yes. I think, um, certainly uh, from the, my point of view, from the writing point of view.
1: What about for the first book in a series, though, to get people into it?
0: Um, well, one thing that a lot of people have pointed out about the first book is it's quite a while before anything really happens. There's, a, there's an exciting opening, I suppose, the first few pages, but then there's 60 or 70 pages where these characters are doing nothing. You know, they're in, they're in Slough House and they're getting on with fairly mundane tasks. There's stuff brewing in the background, obviously, and it, it, all, it all boils up eventually. Um, and people have pointed that out, and some of them have pointed it out as criticism. I said, look, it's called Slow Horse, and that's what it's about, you know. I can't have um, these people having an adventure starting on, on page one because um, the whole premise of the, the series is that these people are exiled from any, uh, any of the adventuresome life of, um, of the, uh, the intelligence services. So that was the whole point of it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, plot, obviously, you know, I have to have plots. I don't need very much plot in my head before I can start writing I mean, Because I was going to
1: say, do you actually plot? Do you know where it's going to go?
0: I generally have a vague idea of where I'm going to end up, and I have sort of way stations along along the way. But the actual plotting, the the minutiae of it, the, uh, uh, the granular detail comes on the page sort of day-to-day I'm working out.
1: And you've said this before as well, that a lot of... Writing is not writing; it's actually thinking.
0: Oh yeah, yes. I think that's a hugely important part of it. The big um, uh, task for me in, in giving up the day job was was learning that um, because I was commuting. I live in Oxford, but I was working in in London, so I had about you know between three and four hours travelling every day. And I didn't write on the train, uh, but I would I was thinking on the train. So when I got to the end of my working day and got back home again, I'd have an hour or so hour and a half in which I did the work but I'd been thinking about it all day so I was I was ready to go as soon as I sat down more or less and it's very different sort of getting up in the morning and just sitting down I haven't had any of that mulling overtime so I had to I had to learn that uh, over the course of a few months after I gave up work that I had to find space in order to do that kind of you know staring out of windows part of the job which is an important part of it
1: and you like pacing and muttering apparently pacing and muttering happens a lot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes because uh, some people said they need total silence other, wa- other writers want music in the background mm. but it's up to everybody to find their own way of writing
0: of course I think writers all need to find their own space um, but for some you know that space can be in a, in a cafe I know writers who write in public spaces with chatter going on all around them uh, I don't I write in a room I have music playing when I write um, but that kind of space is really it's, it's something you engineer for yourself as it's not necessarily a room of one's own literally um, but it's the it's giving yourself permission to get on with the work which i think is, is an important thing it's a, it's not necessarily an easy thing to do you know if you have a family and a job and you have responsibilities like that to say oh i also want to write i want to be a writer i want to write a book and try to claim that space for yourself in the midst of you know family life that would be that's a, that's a big ask you need understanding from uh, from those around you yeah.
1: how long does it take then to write one
0: uh it varies um both the first two books in the series, Slow Horses and Deadlines, both took about two years apiece, and that was while i was while I was working. The speed has picked up a bit since then, Essentially because I've kind of established the parameters you know I know th- the characters I'm very familiar with the characters now uh It's about fifteen months for for a book
1: mm. that's not bad you're happy yeah, with I'm, that? I'm happy with that yes.
0: yeah. i I don't really work to deadlines. my publishers are very generous with me. And although I do I do have a three book deal with them at the moment, they uh, allowed me to set my own deadlines per book. So I I was quite generous when I <laughs> established how long it was going to take me to write Just to be sure. And
1: mm. in terms of that three book deal then, what does that involve? Is that more Slowhouse House or...?
0: Uh, I am writing at the moment, I'm writing a standalone, although it does overlap with the world of Slough House. It doesn't have Slough House in it. Uh, and then there'll be two more books in the series.
1: Okay, right. And do, do you have a plot in your head? No. no. Are you just going to wait and look at world events and see what happens?
0: Uh, I don't really work in that way. I, I was gonna, As I say, I'll start from the characters. I have recently, just recently had a glimmer of what's going to happen with, with a character. Um, and that, it will it will grow outward from there. I have an idea for a character in a particular location that they will be in and that in itself, once we establish any kind of situation, you know, plotting is simply a matter of working towards that situation and then resolving it so um plotting becomes you know the the kind of detail simply building up the context to allow something that you want to happen anyway to, to happen um it will it will come slowly from that and i what, don't need very much to to start building
1: and what about research because how do you feel about that
0: i do very very little research i mean as i say i'm focused on on the writing i mean the craft of it is what i love I'm very lazy. I don't enjoy um I don't enjoy research. Sometimes there's stuff I need to find out, but it tends to be really boring humdrum detail like how long does it take to drive from, you know, A to B, that kind of thing. Um I don't have, you know, contacts that I approach. I don't know anybody who works in the worlds that I write about. Uh I don't study newspapers looking for clues as to my next book, but I do read newspapers and things jump out at me sometimes. So a lot of it happens kind of by osmosis, I suppose.
1: Is it true you didn't have Wi-Fi until recently?
0: Uh, I don't have Wi-Fi now where I work. Really? Um, so my my apartment where I go to ride, is, uh, there's no, no Wi-Fi, no TV. I have a, a CD player and the, the radio. And, and that's um, and it, because you want no yeah.
1: distractions? <laughs>
0: I kind of do want distractions, but yeah. I, I, I'm I'm disciplined enough to deny myself. Just
1: stay stay away <laughs> from it. Um, and then I suppose you know you've you've been in the publishing world for a while. Um, you know, at this point, has it changed much over the years? Do you think? Uh,
0: I'm sure it has, but until relatively recently, uh, I was not really involved in the in the publishing world. You know, I would send a book to my agent; it would eventually mm. end up in in print. But my contact. Even with my editor, it was quite minimal. And I'd, uh, you know, we'd be meeting up a couple of times a year, maybe. Um, I have far more contact now because there's far more going on. There's far more marketing, there's far more publicity. Um, as to how much that has changed, I, I don't really know. I mean, I am I think it just, uh, they must differ from, from author to author, really, I suppose. I'm sure it is a very much a, a changing industry, but um, I don't kind of analyse it. I just go along with it.
1: And any other advice for anyone starting out?
0: Um, finish. I think you learn more from finishing a book than you ever will from abandoning a book halfway through because you realise it's it's not going well. Um, own your mistakes, I suppose. You know, if you, I finished stuff that never got published and didn't deserve to be published, but I learnt more because I actually got to the end of it than I would have done by realising that um, I should be doing something else and and abandoning that and starting again. You need to get to the end of a book and then you can start really thinking of yourself as a writer.
1: So it's discipline then really?
0: Discipline is, is a big part of it.
1: Great. Well, Mick thank you for joining us here on Inside Books. And you'll find Mick's books online or at your local bookshop now. The next episode of Inside Books will be out soon. Just keep an eye on our Twitter feed for details. The handle is at Inside Books e. Inside Books is a unique media production with research by Nicola Fitzsimons. And if you'd like to hear other episodes, just search for us on the various audio platforms. And don't forget to leave us a rating or review. I'm Brita Brown. Until next time, keep reading. Inside Books is a unique media production.